What's up, ladies and gentlemen, and welcome back to another episode of Sports Talk Buffalo. Thank you for making me part of your week, this week and every week. I am super excited because this is the first episode I'm using my new equipment on, so I hope you all enjoy it. In the upcoming episode, I'm going to talk about the Buffalo Bills and do a way too early Buffalo Bills prediction with a special co-host. You're not going to want to miss it, so stick around and let's have some fun. Before we jump into this episode, I just want to say thank you for making me part of your week this week and every week right here on Sports Talk Buffalo. Remember, if you like what you're hearing, subscribe to the podcast, leave me a good five-star rating on whatever platform that you like to listen to me on, and most importantly, spread the word, tell your friends, tell your family. They can hear me on any of the major podcasting websites, including Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Stitcher, Spotify, and of course, right here on Anchor. They can also follow me on Twitter at SportstalkBuff1. That's Sports Talk B-U-F-F-1 on Twitter. And if they want to contact me directly, you can email me at SportstalkBuffalo at Yahoo.com. Once again, thank you for listening and enjoy the episode. All right, let's jump right into today's episode. But before we do, I want to say thank you to my buddy Mark for joining me. It has been a long time, good sir. Thank you for joining me tonight on the podcast. Oh, it's all my pleasure. It has been a very long time, sir, since we have had the pleasure of podcasting together. And I'm sure people that actually listen to my podcast will uh, very much enjoy having a different voice and a different point of view aside from mine for the last, I don't know, 40 episodes or so. Yeah, I'm going to knock off a little bit of the rust here and do the best I can for you. Yeah, well, I hope you do a good job, man, because you're my, you're my consummate football uh, uh, professional here. So you're, you're the one who, who helps <laughs> me... Uh, get through all my my football stuff you're you're the you're my professional football guy so let's start off here we're going to do the way too early buffalo bills predictions in this episode but before we do i wanted to go over the predictions that we each had last season starting off with mark and i gotta tell you he's really good at this so go ahead mark kick it off buddy all right well um if everyone if anyone is a listener of mine on this show they'll remember episode five uh jerry and i from I think what is he on now? Fantasy Holics? Is that what it is? Yeah, he does Fantasy Holics. Yeah, so he's on Fantasy Holics now. Cheap plug, go check them out. They're they got good content over there. Yeah, You're welcome, Jerry. Yeah. Um, <laughs> so Jerry and I, uh, episode five. So this would have been, I think, it was a while ago. Oh, uh, this would have been like late late April. So we're it would almost be a year to the date we're coming yep. up on it, and. Uh, we did ours. It was it was one of those like post free agency just before the draft kicked off, and we kind of wanted to get a feel for where the team was at that moment. And the schedule had come out; it was a big deal, and we touched on it a little bit, and we we broke it down, uh, him and I. And I'm 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 gonna give myself a little pat on the back. I'm pretty proud that up until week twelve, when we faced the Broncos, I got every single game correctly. So at that time, um, <laughs> they had a, a week six bye. So I, I predicted correctly that we went four and one. And then right after the bye, um, that's when things kind of went back and forth. Uh, we had a win against the Dolphins, a loss against the Eagles, a win against Washington, 
a loss against the Browns, and then a win against the Dolphins. So at that time, uh, let's see here, we were, if I can do my math correctly, and I'm not very good at it. <laughs> Me neither. We would have been, what, seven, seven and three, I believe, at the time? I'm not, I don't know. I was, I'm not good and, at math either. <laughs> we were seven and three, I believe, at that time, and I after that, I just I think I only I didn't get a single game right actually after that. So I predicted losses to Denver and and Dallas, and I think what had happened with those two games was it just it was a matter of where the state of the team was at that far along in the season. So obviously injuries. You know, they, they take a toll on the team, and sometimes the team is just not who you thought they were at the beginning of the, the year. You know what I mean? Once it was all said and done, you know, Denver wasn't as good as we thought they were going to be. They had brought in Joe Flacco to kind of ride the ship until they, they figured out who, you know, the next young quarterback was going to be for them. Yeah, it turned out to be Drew Locke. Drew Locke came in and did he, a really good job. He was 4-1 and one as a starter. Right, but it wasn't obviously until later in the season that he took the reins and, yeah. you know, a Joe Flacco injury and all that. Um, the Cowboys were just, I guess, the mainstream media, they're, you know, they're still America's team, but they were not the team that everyone thought they were going to be. And that was, no, that was like a vindication. Yeah, they were like a vindication win for, for Bills fans. For sure, because all the you sports. Know, the ones that the, yeah, all right, the sports media was just talking about uh, how bad, uh, you know, how good the, the Dallas was and the Dallas is going to really show everybody that they're better than a 500 team. And then Buffalo just went in there and essentially meat slapped him. It was pretty great actually. Yeah. And it was prime time. It was Thanksgiving. I mean, it was about as football as it can get. And it was, it was a, a great time to be a Bills fan. Um, and then there was uh, week 14 against the Ravens. I predicted a win, but again, I was predicting a win before Lamar Jackson took off and, and that whole team just, I knew that the Ravens have always been a pretty consistent team. They've always been good, but they've relied more on their defense than anything else. Yep. And while their defense was still top-notch, it was obviously, I mean, you've got a playmaker like Lamar Jackson and the MVP year that he had. Mm-hmm. I mean, but even that game came down to a point. It was one last play from Allen to, to Brown that could have made the difference. So even that game, I, I almost got right. <laughs> yeah, you Again, did. I'm going to myself in the back. Yeah, you did a fantastic job. Uh, I, on the other hand, did not do a fantastic job. Um, I'm very skeptical, especially going into last season, just based on the previous, you know, two decades of being a Bills fan. Um, so I just, I really didn't think that they were going to win double-digit games at all. My prediction was obviously eight and eight. Um, so for me, that's a big. You know, that's one. Of, yeah, that's one of those for me, but. <laughs> You know, I, I just didn't think that the receiving I, – I know we added John Brown and Cole Beasley. I didn't think that we had the receiving core to really be any sort of, you know, important team, I guess you could say. And, you know, I knew the defense was going to be good, but I didn't think they were going to be top three defense good. Um, under Brandon Bean and, and uh, Leslie Frazier, those guys have done an absolutely incredible job on the defense, and it looks like the defense is going to be stacked again this year. And then again, you know, we've seen some flashes in, in Allen's rookie year, but I didn't think that he would have an above average to good season. Like, I would rate him above average season in terms of how well he did last season. 
Um, and I kind of look forward for him to, to take another step this season. Yeah. Um, he, he definitely evolved in what is this year three at this point or it, year two. It year will two. be year. Th- yeah. It will be year three this year. It will be year three. So in year two, he evolved. So that, and there was a little bit worry of like, you know, sometimes when, when guys come in, you know, the rookie year, they could do well. And then they have what they refer to as a sophomore slump. And, and I don't think in any sense of the word that Josh Allen had a sophomore slump in any way. Not at all. I so think he played really, he really well. Yeah. He definitely played a lot better and, and gave hope to people like me. And I, I know you for sure. We weren't high on Allen coming out. We, we liked other guys. I think you were a Rosen fan. I was Ugh. a Mayfield fan. <laughs> um, Ugh. so, yeah, so I mean, I've, I'm still cautiously optimistic about Josh Allen. I like his makeup. I like the the leadership and the grit. Like you could tell, he's a guy that wants to win. For sure. Um, he, you could you could see it in every play that you know he's he's trying to do as much as he can, but he is re- what's referred to as a he's yeah he's what's referred to as a gamer. The dude is a gamer. Yeah. That's the biggest plus for him is that he is a gamer. He will do whatever he can to get his team a win. And going back to even his high school, the the kid is a winner. You know, he went to, you know, Wyoming, who was terrible. And he had, what, two good... I mean, obviously, his senior season wasn't as good because of, you know, injuries kind of plagued him a little bit. But, you know, he had winning seasons in Wyoming, you know, a a team that nobody has ever heard of until, you know, Josh Allen came out of it. So, um, you know, he's he's a winner. So what... What do you need to see out of Josh Allen this year that would make you believe that he's taken that next step and he's really ready to be the franchise quarterback? Get that deep ball, bro. Get that deep ball. Is that it? Is that is that the only thing that you really you really need him to do is kind of, you know, hit, you know, maybe 30, 40% of those deep deep passes? Yeah, I I, I would say that and keep keep himself safe. Take calculated risk. We know he's athletic. We know he's strong. But, I mean, we, we've seen what happens when he doesn't play smart football. Yeah. You know, and it, it's going to be a detriment to the entire team if something should happen to him. Um, For sure. We don't we, – we lose Matt Barkley. You know, there's Davis Webb. There's veterans that are in that room yeah. to back him up. But none of them I, – I, I don't know anybody that would sit here and say, yes, I totally feel comfortable if Allen went down that – you know, Barkley or Webb could come in and win enough games for us to, you know, make another playoff run and yada, yada, yada. I just, it's, it's not going to happen. Allen's your guy. And um, first of all, protect him at all, all costs, you know, whether it be keeping the, the offensive line, you know, in shape as they've already done with re-signing foot and Spain and, you know, however they, they address it with the draft coming up, you know, I hope that's something that they think about. For sure. Keep him, keep him safe and make sure that he's making smart choices with the football. Not just not throwing interceptions, but if he takes off and runs, make sure he understands where the sideline is and slide early and often. Yeah, he definitely has to work on that sliding ability. You can almost see that it, it almost pains him to slide 
<laughs> when you watch the tape of him, when he runs with the ball, he always seems like he wants to slide, but his, you know, his makeup is like, no, you have to get every inch. You have to fight for every single inch on this, on this field. You cannot slide, you know, sliders are quitters kind of thing. So he definitely has to work on that and kind of live to see or live to fight another day. Uh, in terms of mentality, but you know, that's the mentality that I feel like that's a mentality that's kind of made him who he is and made him kind of get to where we're at right now, which is talking about Allen potentially being a franchise quarterback for the Buffalo Bills, something we haven't had since, you know, Jim Kelly. Yeah. And I mean, I don't like to throw out player comparisons too often. I mean, it gives sometimes people the wrong impression of what you think of the, the guy you're you're talking about versus who you're comparing them to for sure. So, I mean, you said gamer, some people would call him a gunslinger. You know, he's, I, again, you could compare him to somebody like Brett Favre. I also compare him and I'm talking about more of like his attitude and, and playing style to even Ryan Fitzpatrick. Really? I used to get excited watching Fitzpatrick play because he was a dude that was going to put it all out there for his team. I saw this guy tackle people, I saw this guy just, you know, he would take off of the ball and he would go head first sometimes, Ryan. Yeah. And he just, you, you would see him get jacked up when there were good plays made. And, and he yeah, was just, sure. you could see the excitement. He wasn't just a guy who was a professional playing at the, the most important position in that league. He was, it's almost like he's like you or I, if we were playing in the backyard and just kind of having a pickup game, how jacked you would get sometimes when you made a really cool catch or, you know, you ran somebody over like, for That's sure. what I like to see out of him. I see him get jacked. I see him get excited. What does that do? It's infectious. It gets all the guys around him excited, and yep. that's going to make them raise the game up, and the, the whole team will play better. For sure. That's why I think a lot of guys say that they would, uh, you know, they would follow Josh Allen into battle because they know that you know he'll do. He, you know, he's a winner. He wins at all costs, kind of thing, and that really, you know unifies all the guys behind that banner and, and really gets them kind of all going in the same direction. So another comparison that I've seen uh, online, I think it was on Twitter, follow me, Sports Talk Buff One, um, on Twitter was uh, Steve Young in terms of his athletic ability and the fact that, you know, he's got a really good arm and, you know, just, uh, you know, his mobility and, and things like that. He was, people are kind of saying like, you know, they he reminds them of Steve Young. And I'm not saying that he's going to be Steve Young by no means. If you hear that, don't think that I'm calling Josh Allen Steve Young by any stretch. But somebody, you know, compared him to that, and I really it made me stop and think about it. And I was like, wow, he, you know what? That's that's a halfway decent comparison. If he can kind of live up to that comparison, that would be something that you know we could rejoice about for many, many years. Yeah, the, the team's definitely exciting to to watch right now, and and not just because of Allen, but the team in and of itself is a, a younger team. You know, you've got Allen, you've got Edmonds, you've got Singletary, you've got Oliver. There's there's guys on both sides of the ball that are not just solid, strong, talented players, but they're young, which means, you know, some of their best football still lies ahead. And, you know, things are just, just starting. And the best part of it is, they're not like some of these other rookies that came in years past that have just kind of come into this losing culture and atmosphere and just kind of like a, a bad taste in your mouth. And it, it just, it was like an infection that if you, when you caught it, it just, it, it took, took you out of everything, took you out of the game, For sure. you know, and 
but but now these guys, I mean, it they didn't start out with the best record or anything like that, but we're talking two of the last three years they've been in the playoffs by hook or by crook, and you've seen constant growth year in and year out. Regardless of how year two went for, you know, for them with year one for Allen, it was it was all part of the plan as it as it were. And it was, you know, we're gonna use that word process. I believe in the process. I've I I have all the faith in the world in McDermott and Bean and you know, the whole company there that they're they've got this team headed in the right direction and it's as excited about football and, and this team as I've been in my entire life. Uh, I'm right there with you in terms of being excited about this, you know, the most excited I've been about this team in my entire life. I think the only other time I can remember, and this was obviously going back 20 plus years is that 99 team, you know, with uh, Doug Flutie, where they were just exciting to watch because, you know, Doug Flutie was kind of an anomaly, the little tiny quarterback that, you know, just went out there and laid it all out in the line and, you know, really galvanized the team behind them and, and won some games. And, you know, then we got royally boned in the playoffs, but let's not talk about that and, and reopen that scar, even though it, you know, reopen that, that wound, you know, that's, that's tough, but let's go ahead and, and we'll start, we'll jump into the predictions for this year. And we're going to start with the away games, starting with the Arizona Cardinals. Now, obviously the games are not scheduled yet. We only know the opponents. So how I'm going to do this is I'm just going to go from, I'm going to go through the away games and then I'm going to go through the home games. Cause we know who, who we're playing and whether it's home or away. And then, uh, you know, we'll talk about whether each of us is believes that they're going to, you know, win or lose each one of these games, starting with the Arizona Cardinals. I have a win in a close game against Arizona. Cause I think Arizona is an improving team. And I think they really started to come on at the end of last season. I think the fact that they now I believe traded for, uh, DeAndre Hopkins, which is going to give Kyler Murray a target that is, you know, top three targets in the league in a passing offense. So it's, I think it's going to be a close game, but I think the fact that Buffalo has such an elite defense is what's going to really kind of clamp down on that and and get the Bills to win in that game. Yeah, Arizona is going to be a interesting team to watch. Um, like you said, they, they made the, the big trade for DeAndre Hopkins, so now they got him and another savvy veteran uh, in there, Fitzgerald, who's coming back. They've got a nice uh, young receiving prospect in Christian Kirk. Um, obviously, Tyler Murray at quarterback. Um, they got Kenyon Drake as their, I'm assuming, who's going to be their starting tailback. Uh, they're going to be a very dangerous team on offense. Um, the reason I'm giving, that, giving the Bills a, a win here. And, and probably rightfully so. It could be a, a close game, like the, the Baltimore game in that sense. That I don't their, – their defense is suspect. So that's that's going to be the story, I think, unless, you know, they, they make a lot of changes between now and, you know, the start of the season, um, the free agency, the draft, what have you, that that defense, you know, takes a step in the right direction because – I think that I I think they're going to be counting on their offense a lot to keep them in game and to to score fast and to score often as uh, Cliff Kingsbury offense should do. Yep. But I'm also weary of that offense because 
you know, he comes in and college is college, but once you get into the big league, yeah, for it's sure. completely different. You know, everybody's faster. It's not just your your guys. Yeah. Everybody's faster. Some of the concepts that so, you might come up with in college might not work in the NFL simply because of the fact that, you know, everyone in the NFL is a pro and not everyone in college has that ability to be able to di- diagnose the play and dissect the play and be able to, you know what I'm saying? To, to stop the play, you know, in, in the NFL, it's, it's just a whole new animal though. I think he did a, a pretty good job his first year. Honestly, I think he surpassed expectations, at least for me, yeah, did Cliff now, Kingsbury. Now and, these NFL teams have film on them. So yeah. it's different. So it's, they have to get better. Like it's not just the players, but you know the the coaches, Kingsbury specifically, because he's the head coach, has to recognize that you know they have to continue to evolve and not just stay the course. You know, it's yeah for sure. They they have tape on you. They they've got a whole sixteen game season that they can look back and refer to and kind of figure you out. So you you have to still get creative. You still have to you know. You, you just, you have to understand that it's no, you're not catching anyone by surprise. I think that was one of the things that caught Chip Kelly when he came into Morgan to yeah. the Eagles. Is, you know, that first year you kind of catch everyone by surprise. You know, you got some some different looks in there, and then you know the run, uh, the RPO, and everything that, that you know everyone's kind of adapted. They've seen it. You know, that's that's what happens. Um, everyone sure. kind of gets better through osmosis once you show them something. Yep, they're a lot of smart people, so you just. That's mm-hmm. that's the other thing that I worry about is are they going to kind of get caught up? The, you know, will Kingsbury be the next chip down? I don't know. We'll see. Yeah, well, that's that's going to be a big question, and that's going to be something to to watch for as the season progresses. We're going to move on to the Denver Broncos. I have the Bills winning against the Denver Broncos, also much like last season. I think the Bills find a way to to stop the young rookie quarterback. I did mention earlier that Locke came in and he was like a revelation going four and one in five starts, but I do think that the Buffalo Bills defense have potential, you know, they have the potential to be one of the best defenses in the last, you know, two, three decades in the NFL. They're that talented. They're that good. So I, you know, I just, I, the Bills defense is going to shut him down. And I think that the the Bills offense, especially the an improved Bills offense is going to be able to go in uh, into Denver and, and come out with the W. Yeah, this was a this was a rematch from from last year. Instead, it's just reverse roles. Instead of the Broncos being the away team, we're going up the mile high, and it's it's going to be interesting. It, it was a defensive game for us. I mean, we we beat up on on what was it, Brandon Allen, whoever their quarterback. I think he was a rookie. Yeah. Um, we didn't really allow Philip Lindsay to get going. I mean, he averaged four point four yards a carry, but he only got you know, 57 yards on 13 carries. He didn't really do much damage there. We held Cortland, Cortland Sutton in check with their, their leading receiver up there. And I mean, we did, we did a really good job and we, you know, that was, that was credit to our defense and credit to the, the offensive line. I mean, you've got Von Miller and, and a couple of, of real scary guys on that, that Broncos D that, I mean, they could, they could change a game with just one play, but, for sure. You know, we, we held them in check and we did a really good job. You know, credit to McDermott and everybody. And I don't know if it's going to be the same scenario when we go up there. Obviously, it's a road game. It's always different. Yep. And we know that 
playing up there in Mile High is is also a different beast, given you know its its name. It's rightly deserved. The, I mean, yeah. the atmosphere literally is different up there. So, I, I got a win for them too here. You know, they're, they're spending a lot of time on the West Coast this year, but I don't know that that's going to really phase them. I, I again, we're I think we've only gotten better. Me too. Than, than last year. So if we beat them 20 to three, you know, in 2019, you know, it's going to be different. I, I expect, depending on when, the, when we play them in the season, Drew Locke will be the quarterback again, barring injury or anything. Yep. So it's not going to be the same game, but I, I still feel like we're the better team. I agree. So we're going to move on to the now Las Vegas Raiders. And the Las Vegas Raiders, for me, in my opinion, I think this is kind of an easy one. I give the Bills the win. I don't care if Mariota or Derek Carr is the one at quarterback. I'm not really scared of either of those QBs. So even though they were, what, 7-9 and nine last year, um, they had a minus 106-point differential. So they, I think they were kind of lucky to get seven wins, period. They're not, even, they're not anywhere close to that talented. Now, you know... Provided what they do in the draft, they could come out of the draft and be, you know, I don't say completely different team, but, you know, they could be a, a much improved team. But I just don't, I don't foresee a whole lot of um, problems beating the Las Vegas Raiders. Yeah, I've got this one chalked up as a W as well. Um, a lot of young talent. I mean, you got Josh Jacobs and, uh, oh my God, who's the receiver there? We wanted him last year. We all picked him like at the end of the draft. Uh, came out of Clemson. I'm, I don't know why, but it's his name is escaping me right now. That's right. Oh my god! Uh, I'll probably think of it you'll, later. You'll think of it as you keep talking. I'm sure. Hunter Renfro. There it is. Oh yeah. Okay. You're right. He's, Hunter Renfro is kind of their Cole Beasley. So for um, sure. Again, I'm not scared of Derek Carr or Marcus Mariota. I don't know who the quarterback's going to be, but neither of them, you know, make me worry in the slightest. I think our defense can do a good job bottling them up and, and dominating that game. Um, yeah, I just I'm, I'm not I'm not worried about the Raiders. Give me a win. All right. So, what do you think about the San Francisco 49ers playing them in San Fran? Yeah, as of right now, I've got it as a loss, and that's only because of reputation. They were really good last year. Obviously, they went to the Super Bowl. They played, um, they played the Chiefs, and Had they're, a lead. they're they're a very well run team. I I would say outside of the Bills organization, as far as like mm-hmm. young teams that are up and coming and and are are being managed really well, the Niners are definitely up there as, as one of the best. John Lynch and, and uh, Mike Shanahan are doing a phenomenal job over there and I only expect them to get better. So it, it, it'll be a tough sled. That's for sure. If, if anything that again, that one could turn out to be one of those, those defensively strong games. And yep. it may be a field goal or a last minute touchdown, something like that. That's going to make a difference. For sure. I also had a loss. I just think you, you said it kind of, you hit the nail on the head in terms of how I thought about this game. I got a loss essentially on reputation. The fact that they went to the Super Bowl last year, they had a lead um, against the eventual Super Bowl winners, and they were, you know, they were right there the whole game. And it just, they're just a really good team 
overall, uh, you know what, in playing them away, you know, you always got to get, I kind of always give the, the home field advantage to, you know, I always give the slight edge to the team with the home field advantage against teams that, you know, may potentially be uh, even in terms of talent. So I definitely give the Bills a loss in that one. So we're going to jump to Tennessee Titans. We beat them last year, but they have a new starting quarterback this year in mm-hmm. Ryan Tannehill, some, somebody that the Buffalo Bills know very well from his days in Miami. Do you think the Bills can go into Tennessee and beat the Titans? I actually, believe it or not, I've got this one chalked up as a loss right now. Wow. And the only reason I have it chalked up as a loss is because Marcus Mariota was the starting quarterback in that game. And we only won that game by a touchdown. It was 14-7. to uh, yep. Derrick Henry had 78 yards and a touchdown, so he averaged literally just under four yards of carry. And we all know that he's the, the workhorse of that offense. Um, they've, they've got some weapons there. They're only going to get better. I mean, they, they've settled on Ryan Tannehill. He was obviously the better choice for them. Derrick Henry is coming off a monster year. Um, uh, Brown, uh, on old Miss, their rookie, A.J. Yep. Brown, he had a phenomenal season. Mm-hmm. He was a guy that I really liked coming out. Um, I only expect him to get better. The draft is obviously coming up there. I mean, they're a team on the rise. And For sure. I think they're going to be a lot tougher to face this time around than they were when we faced them last year. I so, agree. I've got it marked up as a loss. But again, I'm keeping in mind, we don't know where any of these games are slotted in the schedule. They could be an early game. Mm-hmm. They could be a later game. And if, you know, if it's an early game, who knows? I mean, everybody's kind of just feeling each other out. Back and doing yeah, I mean, and with everything going on, you know, mm-hmm. right now, it, it's kind of all up in the air. I know everything looks good right now on paper, yeah. but this is a very we're, – we're in uncharted waters with this offseason. Yeah, so we, we really are. we don't know how anybody's going to come out of it. We're so in uncharted – so Yeah, you're right. We're in uncharted territories as far as being a Bills fan. You know, there's other franchises that are like – I don't know what you guys are talking about. These aren't uncharted territories for us, but as a Bills fan – you know, it's it, it's almost a nerve-wracking offseason because, you know, now there's expectations on you, and, you know, how do you perform with those expectations in the offseason going into the following season? Right. Yeah, definitely. And like I said, it, 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 some of these games, I could totally change my mind on depending on where they're slotted. Yeah. Like, if, for instance, if we're facing the Titans later, who knows? Is Ryan Tannehill injured? Is... Derrick Henry injured, or are they just not playing up to the the level that everyone expecting that you know them coming into the season? A lot of things can change between now and then, and it would totally change my opinion. And as of right now, where everything stands, it's going to be a tougher game, and I'm just going to chalk this one up as a loss as of today. This is our first disagreement of this episode. I have them winning that game simply because. The Buffalo Bills know Ryan Tannehill very well. Now, I understand he's in a completely different system. He's in. A, he's on a different team. Mm-hmm. I just don't think... No, he's he's not a bad quarterback by any means. Don't think that I'm saying... You know, I don't want people to sit here and think that I'm saying he's a bad quarterback. I thought he was a decent quarterback in Miami, honestly. I think he got a really bad rap in Miami. But I, I just think our defense is too good to really... 
you know, we, we bottled up Derrick Henry, and he was the big reason why they kind of had a surge, in my opinion, with Ryan Tannehill in at quarterback. Tannehill just kind of made the plays that were there, and I think he's going to have to do more than that against the Buffalo Bills defense, especially with a, a Bills that had an, has an improved offense, uh, on paper anyway, an improved offense this year with the addition of Diggs. So it just I have that as a tough game, don't get me wrong. I think it's actually going to be more of a defensive battle again in this one, you know, maybe something like, you know, 17-14 or or 21-17, something like that, but I still think the Bills come out on top this season. Okay, real quick before we move on to the next game. Okay. You're 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 Sean McDermott. What do you think your strategy is for that game? Do you think it's about stopping Derrick Henry and by stopping him, you can isolate Ryan Tannehill and, and just allow, you know, like Tredavious White, Josh Norman, whoever's in the backfield to really just kind of make life miserable for Ryan Tannehill? Or do you think it's just a balance? Do you have to really just kind of stop both? In my opinion, I stopped Derrick Henry. And if I stopped Derrick Henry, I'm not, like I said, I'm not, Ryan Tannehill doesn't strike fear into the heart of me as a, you know, as a fan, you know, maybe it does, maybe the coaches and and staff see something that I don't see. He doesn't strike fear in me at all. So I make Ryan Tannehill beat, beat me. I make, you know, with the secondary that we have, I make Ryan Tannehill beat me and we're going to most likely have, or again, on paper, we're going to seemingly have a better uh, pass rush. So I want I want Ryan Tannehill to drop back. I want him to go and, and throw the ball 35 times. I want him to have to win the game with his arm um, and not have to rely on Derrick Henry to, to rush the ball 25, 30 times for, you know, 130, 140 yards against the Bills. Because I think if you shut down Derrick Henry as a as a the Buffalo Bills, if, if you're the Buffalo Bills, if you shut down Derrick Henry, you're going to beat you're going to beat the uh, Tennessee Titans. OK, agreed. No argument here. All right. Well, then that's fantastic. <laughs> so let's move on. We'll, we'll go to the Dolphins, and I think we might have a, a disagreement on this one also. But go. I want you to tell me yours before I tell you mine. Yeah, I got a win, but again, this isn't a very confident win. Not not like how it would have been last year, um, especially after what I saw last year. Last year, the Dolphins were about as bad as you can get. Um, but even when we faced them, it wasn't like an easy win by any means. And from what I've seen this offseason, they look like they're only going to get better. And depending on what they do, again, at the quarterback position, I think as of right now, they're going in with Ryan Fitzpatrick. But, you know, they're, they're at the top of the, the draft. A lot of people speculating that they take a young quarterback. I mean, it, it's either been said that they're looking at Tua or they could be trying to swing a trade to, to get Joe Burrow. And, you know, what's their plan? If, you know, one of these young guys are – clearly a lot better than Fitzpatrick. Do they just go with the young guy or are they going to, so, you know, have Fitz in there? Yeah. We know Fitz can turn it on. You know, you never doubt Fitz magic, but you he's can, also seen <laughs> Fitz magic fiddle out. For sure. So I, I also, I think because uh, Brian Flores, he's a former defensive coordinator for, for the Patriots. So we're familiar with him. He is the head coach right now in Miami. He coached a lot of, of his, his guys from New England, he, they picked up Kyle Van Noy and I think some other guys. I mean, they got our guy, Shaq Lawson. Their, yeah. their defense, I think, is going to be a lot scarier, should be a lot better. Um, right now, the offense isn't really, like, the reason why I think 
that they're going to take a win or a loss either way it's the defense and can our offense be that much better than their defense so I've got to win as of right now because I have more confidence in our team overall than I do simply just the Dolphins defense um, so I'm curious you've got this markdown going the other way and I'm curious to hear the I do. I I have it marked down as a loss for a couple different reasons. One, because it's an away game, and I think that the Dolphins, they have a lot of picks in the first two rounds. They have three picks in the first round. They have pick five, pick 18, pick 26, and then in the second round they have pick 39 and pick 56. Now, if they hold on to all those picks, that is a lot of blue-chip talent that they're going to bring into the organization off the jump. Okay, you're gonna have you're talking about five guys in the first two rounds that you could potentially bring into the organization, and who knows, they could all be starters, studs, you know, and that's that's just a huge influx of talent that you didn't have last year, and it's an away game, and provided you draft either Tua or Burroughs, if they can swing that trade somehow, uh, if they draft either one of those two quarterbacks, depending on which one of those plays, I think both of those quarterbacks are going to be a better option than Ryan Fitzpatrick. So let's just say they, they draft Tua. They're starting Tua. I think Tua is, is his man. If you watch him at Alabama, he's, he's something, he's something else. He's incredible. And I know he's coming off of that, you know, that hip injury and that hip surgery, but you know, I seen a, you know, that, I don't know if you've seen it, that little video of him doing some of the workouts, but he looked good. He yeah. looked fast. His feet were fast. His arm, obviously, his arm is still going to be there. But he just, man, I, I think with all the talent, if they stay there at five and then bring in five or four other guys in the first two rounds, I think they're going to have just enough to be able to steal a win from the Buffalo Bills at home. All right, so I think it's important to point out here. You All right, you said... You mentioned the, the hip injury, so let's let's hypothetically say they go with Tua, and their their plans for me change drastically depending on who they pick. Okay. Uh, as far as quarterbacks go, so for sake of argument, let's just say they pick Tua, and if they pick Tua, I I have it in my head that that means they redshirt him because of that injury. Oh. Really, you think they said first season? They registered him simply because they had Fitzpatrick. They had Josh Rosen, which they traded for. Yeah, yeah. Again, he was a top prospect when he came out, and he's still a young quarterback. Yep. And he's had time to to learn from Fitzpatrick. And for sure. You know, I think they've got options where they wouldn't be forced to go with Tua. However, if they went with Burroughs, there's more of a competition there, and there's more. Again, if you trade up for him and you give up a lot of capital, which they would have to and they make him the first overall pick, there's a reason to look at him, and, and you can believe that the front office is going to say, yes, Ryan Fitzpatrick is our starting quarterback. You get go through the off-season training camp, you know, mini-camp training camp, all that, and by the end of it, you could be looking at it going, well, Burroughs won the competition. Yeah, for sure. So, plus, plus, like you were saying, yeah, last year... Yeah, I totally year, think it's going to be on that. Yeah, plus you're saying last year too. You know, you bring you brought up a good point. You know, with the hip injury, the fact that they have Fitzpatrick and you know Josh Rosen at the moment, and it's very feasible that if they stay where they are, that they're going to sit to a Tagovailoa. Yeah, say that five times fast. 
they're going to sit him <laughs> for I really I feel bad for all the announcers that are going to have to say his name on Sundays but um they very well may sit him for the first year and that's a very valid point but if they do sit at that number 5 that you got to you know in my opinion they still have four other picks in the top two rounds of this draft so that influx of talent you know who knows wide receiver running back whatever you know offensive line that could really help Fitzpatrick and like you were saying before depending on where in the year this is you know maybe it's early in the year and that Fitz magic has not fizzled out yet you know that's bringing in that much talent in the first couple rounds mixed with you know they've signed some pretty decent free agents in the offseason you know they have a almost a they'll have almost a completely different team last than last year and last year the Buffalo Bills kind of escaped with a win uh, late in that game so you know I I just I think that the Dolphins are going to steal one against the Bills this year. All right. Moving on to the vaunted Patriots. Now the best news, if you were a Buffalo Bills fan, was the fact that Tom Brady the day that we ne- none of us saw coming none of us saw coming was Tom Brady leaving the new England Patriots. And to that, I got this. Nothing but applause. I absolutely am so excited that he is not in the AFC East anymore. He's not in the AFC anymore. I still have the Buffalo Bills losing to the New England Patriots. I think Bill Belichick still finds a way to beat the Buffalo Bills at home this season. Just because so he's Bill I, Belichick. I, I, <laughs> Just because he's Bill is, Belichick. That's it. That, that's my only reason. <laughs> this is this has been the argument. This is what this was I feel like this was one of the motivating factors for Brady leaving. Whether he ever says it or not, you know, like it might be one of those things where where his his career is so far behind him that he finally goes, yes, this was one of the the motivating factors for me leaving New England all those years ago. But I have it in my heart of hearts that this dude is such a competitor. And with all the talk, you know, in the last few years and with how how apparently from what's been reported and how things have played out, Belichick has kind of tried to get, like, slowly push Brady out. You know, there's the Garoppolo thing, and you know he's he's drafted quarterbacks first before you before you move on. Before you move on, I just want to say, thank God, Tom Brady (laughs) pushed Jimmy Garoppolo out of New England because that is something that we would have had to deal with for maybe another twenty years. I'm so excited he's not in the AFC anymore. Also, especially the Patriots. The jury's still out on Garoppolo, but clearly he's not the worst quarterback in the world. So he's our, good. our outlook on this upcoming season and, and just our outlook on the Patriots team in general would have been drastically different if yes. Garoppolo had stayed the heir apparent. For sure. Um, but that's not the case. And again, back to my point, I think one of the reasons Brady left was because of the argument that Who's responsible? And, and and most people who ride the fence ride the fence will say obviously it was both of them. It was yeah. Belichick's obvious pedigree as as a, a great, you know, head coach and 
GM, obviously, because he runs the team, literally. And Brady, who's, I mean, he's just, he's Tom Brady. What more do you need to say? Yeah, exactly. But then there are those who take sides. There are those who, it sounds like you are taking the side of Bill Belichick and saying he's the reason the dynasty is the dynasty. While others would say, well, yeah, you're, you could be a great head coach, but you're also only as good as your starting quarterback. No, so, I don't. I don't think that I would take the side that it was either one of one or the other. I think it was a, a really solid mix of just. It was a perfect storm of both guys just being uber talented at the jobs that they have. You know, Tom Brady was one of the best because he can dissect a defense like no other, and I think Bill Belichick was one of the best ever because he can dissect an, an opposing team and come up with a game plan that Tom Brady can execute like no other. You know what I mean? Like, So here's my question then. What happens after the 2020 season is over and we find out how Brady does without Belichick and vice versa? So, again, sake of argument, let's say Belichick and the Patriots just they completely fall apart. Whether, whether it's by design or not, because let's be honest, they could look at it and go, you know, there's there's a really good quarterback coming out, <laughs> yes. possibly next to, you know, Clemson, Trevor Lawrence. Yep. And maybe we just, you know, we design it that we don't look so good. And we we make sure that we get a guy that we really like and he's going to be a top quarterback prospect. And, you know, we can go back to the way things were and we'll have a nice young quarterback to groom and he could be the next Tom Brady. You yeah. know what I mean? Yeah, for sure. Or, they could. Or, Go ahead. You know, Bill Belichick is Bill Belichick, and he just, you know, he tries to win. And who knows where that goes? I mean, because, again, the defense is kind of depleted. You know, the offense wasn't really good last year, even with Brady. That's true. So what are you going to do? What's this team really going to look like? And I'm not I'm not so sure it's going to be the Patriots people have come to know and love. You're so, right. I don't think it's going to be the, the Patriots that we have all – especially in Buffalo, have known and hated for the last, you know, better parts of two decades. I just think that provided they're, okay, here, here's one. Provided they're not tanking for Trevor Lawrence, um, which I would not put past uh, Bill Belichick, you know, one season of the Patriots sucking horribly could get them potentially their next franchise quarterback and set the franchise up for the next, you know, 15 or 20 years, you know, with Trevor Lawrence because that kid as a true freshman was amazing. And he was the same way last year, just simply amazing in college. And he shows really no signs of regressing. He's just a fantastic prospect coming out of Clemson. So like I said, it would, I wouldn't put it past Bill Belichick to say, you know what, kind of do the, the Indianapolis Colts type thing where they say, you know what, we're, we're moving on from Peyton Manning. Peyton Manning went to the Denver Broncos. You know, we're going to suck horribly for one season. And the players were all trying to win, but everyone else in that organization was trying to lose. And then they got Andrew Luck, and lo and behold, they were great again. I want to say great. They were good again with Andrew Luck, and they found another franchise quarterback. You know what I mean? So I wouldn't really put, put it past, I wouldn't put it past the Patriots for wanting to kind of emulate that kind of thing with this upcoming season. So... I guess I would have to say, like, the jury would be out. Like, if they if they look like they're really trying to win games this year and they go out and, you know, it looks like they're in a lot of games and 
their coaching to win games and just to not lose games, You're, you know what I mean? Not coaching to tank, so to speak. Then I, I'll, I'll say like, okay, then you can kind of really figure out who was responsible. I would say who was responsible, but I really think that both guys just had played a, I don't, a fairly equal role in terms of the success of the, the franchise over the last 20 years. I also want to point out that Jared Stidham is also, as far as I'm aware, as of right now, the only option they have at quarterback. They recently released Cody Kessler, so they, they signed Brian there's Hoyer. No between two, and there are some well-known veteran names that are still out there: Dalton, they, Newton. In terms of quarterbacks, you know, you know I'm not saying he's going to start, but they did sign uh, Brian Hoyer. Right. Oh, yeah, that's correct. Yes, they do have Brian Hoyer. So they have, they have two options, and Hoyer being the only veteran. I don't know. I find it hard to believe they don't draft or sign somebody else. And, again, I don't know that their options are that great at quarterback. So, it, again, what They're is not. their plan? That's really what it comes down to. Is their plan to just kind of ride the wave and see what happens? Is their plan to say, hey, we've got Hoyer. He's our veteran backup but we like the young and upcoming Stidham and we'll put them out there and just see what happens. And if worst comes to worst, we put in Hoyer and you know, you're not going to, again, build a lot of confidence by putting Hoyer in instead of the rookie for or sure. the, the, the second year. So, I mean, their, their plan can still kind of go the way that they, they wanted to, if they are trying to quote unquote tank the season Yeah, with either of those courses. And it's just, it's going to be very interesting our division this year with where all the teams are, and it's it's so funny that Brady leaves just as all the teams all the are getting teams good. Just, they're not just getting really good, but young quarterbacks. Yep. Try, the teams themselves are trying to get younger and more talented because the whole idea is we're trying to compete for the division. We're trying to beat Brady, Belichick, and the Patriots yep. because they've had a stranglehold for over two decades. So you've got it as a loss. I'm putting it as a win because I have no reason to believe that we can't completely beat them. Yeah, that's a good point. It's a good point that you also said that, you know, I never thought about it, the timing of Tom Brady leaving New England with all of the, the other teams kind of up and coming is is a little suspect, you know. Is he is he afraid that he was going to get taken off the, the, the top of the mountain there and he wanted to go somewhere else where maybe he could, you know have a better shot to can control the vision and kind of keep that allure up, you know, cause he's going to have in terms of offense, he's going to have receivers wise far better talent in Tampa Bay than he had in new England. That's not, it's not even close. It's not even a question, you know? Yeah. But, but let's be fair. I mean, he, he's going to a division that by no means is an easy division either. You've got the saints, the Panthers and the Falcons. That's true. And the, I mean, other than I mean, the Panthers are kind of in a rebuilding phase right now, but you still got Matt Ryan and the Falcons. You still got Drew Brees and the Saints, and there's a lot of talent between those teams alone. So, I mean, I get the argument, but it's also you're is he really worried about the young and upcoming teams in, in the AFC East? I don't know. You and made his, that. You his, made that point, not me. <laughs> well, no, no, no. I'm, I'm saying the timing is is funny that. By the time, like, when have you? When can you remember that the AFC East has really had all these young quarterbacks with new coaches, and when the was, team seems to kind of be building around them and kind of creeping up? 
Yeah, when was the last it, time the division was this wide open is something that right. is kind of yeah. awesome. It's awesome, honestly. Yeah, I, I, I thought I, I was referring more to the timing rather than Brady looking at his situation in the division and going, maybe now is the time to get out. Yeah. I was thinking more of just that, that's just crazy coincidence timing kind of thing that it happened this way. But again, if that was the line of thinking, then why go to the NFC South? Yeah. Because again, there's more experience there with the head coaches, the players. Like, if anything, he went to a place where it's only going to be tougher to play against the, your divisional opponent. Yeah, that's true. So again, that's where that's where I lean more towards his, Bravado. his competitiveness, his competitiveness, and his That's the reason he left. He yeah. looked at it and went, "I need a challenge. I've controlled and." and run roughshod over this division for decades. And, you know, I just need something new. I need to, like, he, it's basically a rebirth. Yeah. And it's going to be very interesting to see what happens now. And, again, some of the excuses are going to be gone because, as you just pointed out, he's got a lot more weapons, and he's got a, a head coach who is a, quote-unquote, quarterback guru. Yep. And, I mean, it's a lot of, again, a lot of the excuses are just going to be gone. And it's, it's put up or shut up time. People, again, whether it's the narrative that it should be or not, people are going to look at the 2020 season and going to have a decision to make. So I think it was Brady or I think it was Belichick. Yeah. It's going to, you're going to, there's going to be a lot of questions that are answered, so to speak, this season, I think. Um, but yeah, like you said, it, it, I don't know. It's just the, the division's wide open for the first time in a very long time. You know, with and the Patriots look like they're not just not on, not going to be on top, but not even really going to be in contention to be on top. So it's an exciting time to be a Bills fan. Period. So let's kick it off. Let's move on. I should say to the Jets, and I have the Bills beating the Jets because not because necessarily because Sam Darnold is their quarterback, but because at this point, who does Sam Darnold have to throw to? He's got nobody. There's n- there's nobody there right now. So I got I got a W, and I just think that that's a an organization that's not in terms of well, it's not coached well. You know, I I have no faith in Adam Gase whatsoever. So I think the Bills I think the Bills are actually going to sweep the Jets this year again. But um, what do you got it as? Yeah, yeah. I don't even want to waste my time with Jets. You said it all. Let's move on. <laughs> <laughs> okay, that sounds fantastic. I'm glad we're on the uh, the same page there. So <laughs> let's recap. What do you have overall record for away games for the Buffalo Bills? Well, I've only got them with two losses. So they're they're six and two so far. I have the Bills at five and three. So let's go to the home games. And we will start with a game that I don't know if it's necessarily easy to call this game but it's probably easy to call this game. I don't know if they're there yet, and it's going to be a really, really good measuring stick, in my opinion, as to how much of a contender the Bills really are. But to go against the defending champion AFC Chiefs, or AFC, Jesus Christ, (laughs) the Kansas City Chiefs at home uh, with bringing Patrick Mahomes to Buffalo... Depending on when in the season this is, this could be a monster game for the Buffalo Bills, but I have them losing this game. Yeah, I've got a loss here too, and and 
you're right. This is going to be your classic. If you want to be the man, you've got to beat the man type of game. So it, it's, it's also going to have a different narrative to it because there's going to be some of those that look at it and go, we could have had Patrick Mahomes. Yep. You traded out of it for Tredavious White. So the, the only problem they're going to look at this game. And see, that? I would say the only problem with that is, I, I mean, I know I, I look at it that way too, but you, every like everyone who listens to this has to look at it at, to the point of like, not only did we not, we didn't draft Patrick Mahomes, but I don't think Patrick Mahomes would be the same person that everyone sees now if he was in a Buffalo Bills uniform, simply because he got to sit back and learn from Alex Smith for a year. And Alex Smith had one of the better years of his career uh, in front of Patrick Mahomes. You know what I mean? He had one of the better years of his career in front of Patrick Mahomes. And you know what I mean? He just got to sit back and learn and digest and really take everything in. The fact that he's got Andy Reid as a head coach, we just, we didn't have those things in place at that point. And we, I just don't think we were ready to be able to bring in and develop a guy like Patrick Mahomes at that point. So I just, the whole argument about, you know, we could have had Patrick Mahomes for me, when I sat back and really thought about it, I was like, you know what, I'm almost glad we didn't, it sounds so stupid, but I'm glad we didn't draft Patrick Mahomes because I really don't think he would be the player that he is in in KC if he was in Buffalo. Yeah, it's it's really one of those what-if scenarios, because you wonder that a lot. Um, Especially, there's always that, that, you know, revisionist history when you look back at some of these past drafts over the few years and you go, oh, we could have had him. We could Like Russell Wilson, yep. I did that with. Oh, my God, me too. We ended up too. picking up C.J. Brennan instead of Russell Wilson when he was on the board. And I used to I used to just agonize over that. Like, are you kidding me? Are you kidding me? You went with this kid versus a quarterback, and you always need a quarterback. Like, regardless of what their situation was at the time, you just yep. – if you've got – a prospect like Russell Wilson sitting there at court at the most important position, you know, in the, in the league, that's what you go with. Yep. So that's how I used to look at it. And, but, but this, I'm not, I don't worry too much because again, it was seeing how things ended up holding out the next couple of years. And For sure. Basically earning, like, I, I feel like I've, I've got confidence again in this organization and how it's being ran because, They've, they've done so well up to this point, and it just – I don't worry as much about that one as, like, I have others. And, again, would it have been the right situation? Who knows? I mean, Tyrod Taylor was the quarterback. It's not like anyone would have probably pushed to have Mahomes start right away. Yeah. And, you know, it's just – it's the right recipe, and was it right for us? And For sure, for the sure. The organization at that time wasn't in a place, I think, like you said, to to bring on a young quarterback and deal with all that. I mean, they were they literally just got rid of the GM right after the draft, yep. and you know, it was a first year head coach for McDermott. And there was yep. a lot of big changes that were on the horizon, and maybe they just felt like we need to get other things right before we get this because we've already do have a veteran quarterback that we can lean on. So, yeah, for sure. So, I, you know, I don't worry about it, but I know it's going to be a narrative that's going to be brought up. Oh, 100%. Because, again, I, I, don't, yeah, I don't think we've faced the Chiefs since then, right? We uh, haven't had a game against the Chiefs since Mahomes been the quarterback. Um, That's – you know what? I think you're right. I don't think in the last two seasons that we have had a game against Patrick Mahomes at all. 
Um, so this is gonna be yeah, it's gonna be fun. Gonna... It's gonna be a fun game. Depending on when it is, would you like to go with me to the game? I mean, I would love to. That would be again. It would be one of the more exciting games. And if we end up beating the reigning champs, oh my the god, reigning defending champs, it would be that, so that cool. Would just, yeah, forget you couldn't convince anybody that we weren't Super Bowl bound after that. Whether whether or not it was a rational thought, if that happens, and again. You add on the narratives of, oh, we could have had Mahomes, but here we waited and we we were patient. We got our guy, and look what happened. You know, like you're going to have a lot of talk like that. Again, whether it's, whether it's warranted or if it's rational, you're going to get that kind of talk. It's going to be a lot of talking points. You're going to hear it in the mainstream media, the local media. Yep. But regardless of all that, they are who they are. They are the defending chance. They are very good. That offense is they kept they just resigned Sammy Watkins, so basically that offense is completely returning. And again, the draft is coming up; they're only going to get better. So as of today, it's a loss until something else happens. Until something drastic happens in terms of uh, right. on the Buffalo Bills side, in my opinion, anyway. So right, well, even even their side. I mean, God forbid, you know, something should happen to Mahomes. That's yeah, going to completely yeah. change the. For the sure. landscape of the, the Kansas City team. So. Who their their backup quarterback is Matt Moore, right? Didn't Matt Moore come in and win or play believe, well play well when, when Mahomes so. was hurt? Yes, I believe so. And I think they were trying to resign him, but again, that's how many games is Matt Moore gonna win you? You know yeah, what that's I mean? True. They draft another quarterback, they sign a different veteran. Yeah. That's one of the things about doing these way too early. I mean, you're predicting it as of what you have right now. And, you know, we're, we're months away from, you know, the very first kickoff. And, again, so much can happen. There's yep. injuries that happen at training camp. Many and who knows if we're even going to have a season. We can yeah. be picking games right now <laughs> that are never going to happen. Yeah, that's true. Uh, let's hope to God that that's not the case and that we do have not only an NFL season, but an NHL season, an NBA season, an NCAA season. Let's hope we have all of those things because otherwise, you know, I'm not going to have anything to talk about on this podcast. <laughs> so, <laughs> you know, it's just going to be me and, you, me and you talking into the wall. But, all right, let's move on. We'll talk about the LA Chargers. Now, the news that came out about the LA Chargers, you know, everyone was talking about how they are going, that this is the front runner, that they're going to go out and they're going to be the ones that signed Cam Newton. And it looks like the team has let it slip out that they do not want Cam Newton and that they're going to roll instead with Tyrod Taylor. So you're going to have Tyrod Taylor coming into town, a guy that, Sean McDermott knows, obviously, he he was the quarterback when the Bills broke their drought. Their, you know, the longest drought in NFL history, I believe it was, seven, 17 seasons, 17 full seasons, 18 years of not being in the playoffs. What do you have that game as? And I will be surprised if we have a different answer. I've got it as a W. 100%. <laughs> Yeah, I've got it as a W, but I'm not, again, another team that I'm not saying it with so much confidence. Like, like I'm going to compare it to the Jet, the way I talked about the Jets. The Jets, I have full confidence that we could beat them. Yeah. I just think the Jets are just, like you stated, poorly ran. I'm not, I'm not scared of their talent. 
No. Right now, they, they don't really have anyone that freaks me out and goes, I don't know if, if we can control, you know, this team the way we control another team. And the Chargers, though, they have talent. Tyrod Taylor is still a veteran quarterback. He could still be very serviceable and win you the games that you need. Like He could just he could be for them what he was for us when we broke the playoff drought. Yeah. Um, Austin Eckler, I think, is a fantastic running back. Um, you know, they, they still have Keenan Allen. They, and, again, another team that has weapons that will only continue to add weapons. Again, it's, this is another one of those teams where it's going to be about their defense. Is their defense going to be able to take the next step and help them, you know, add wins to, to their season? And right now, I just feel, again, comparing the two teams, we have the better all around team. Yeah, I do too. You were saying it too, though. Um, if if Tyrod Taylor comes to Buffalo and he's the starter for the the Chargers, I just I I cannot foresee him beating that Buffalo Bills defense. If they are anything close to what they were last year, I do not see Tyrod Taylor coming in being able to beat that Buffalo Bills defense, especially after watching him for three years in Buffalo and his extraordinarily conservative mindset. If the Bills get a lead at all against the Chargers, it's game over if Tyrod Taylor is your quarterback. And we've seen that we've seen that time and again in Buffalo. If Tyrod Taylor does not have a good to very, very good run game, he's not going to be the quarterback that's going to be able to put it on his arm and go out there and win you games. He's just not that guy. So I think if Tyrod Taylor's your quarterback, the Bills the the Bills win this one and they probably win win it pretty handily, especially if they take a lead early. Would it be safe to say that you feel um the same way about this game like you do the Tennessee game? That if you can take care of Austin Eckler who can not, that you you just not have to worry about in the running game, but also in the passing game, Mike. That if you can kind of take care of him and bottle him up that you force Tyrod Taylor to win the game, you know, for you. And if, if you can stop him, then you increase your chances of winning indefinitely. Yeah, 100%. If you stop the run game, if Tyrod, on, on any team, this is any team, and this is after watching Tyrod for three years in Buffalo, if you stop the run game and get, and get a lead, okay, because you have to get a lead, if you stop the run game and take a lead against Tyrod Taylor, forcing him to have to throw the ball more, he will not win you games. He he had some sort of abysmal record. I, f- I forget what the numbers were off the top of my head. When, they, when the Bills were down by four or more points at any point in the game, he was like three and 10 or some, something like that. And that was when the Bills had one of the best... Um, rushing teams in the NFL and you really see seeing how much he struggled when the bills were forced to kind of throw the ball. And that's why I said, if, if you can stop the run game and get a lead, even if it's just a, a touchdown, if the bills score a touchdown on one of their first two drives and the chargers don't, it's in my opinion, it's game over. Cause Tyrod's not going to throw the ball. He's not, he's not going to throw the ball into tight windows. He's not going to, make the big play to be able to bring you back in that game. He's shown it time and again that that's not the quarterback he is. Yeah, no, I 100% agree with you. And, again, for all those reasons is why I feel pretty good about giving the Bills a win here against L.A., especially at home. 
you've got that advantage going for you too. And you know, Tyrod coming back is going to bring out a lot of Bills fans and they're going to pack the house and, you know, it's, it's the atmosphere will definitely be in our favor for sure. Yeah. 100%. Now, what do you think about the LA Rams? This one was tough for me. I went back and looked at the type of team that they were last year and I have a W against the Rams, and I think it's because Goff last season, he kind of regressed from the previous season where he, you know, he took his team to the Super Bowl, and I think a big part of that was the fact that he didn't have the same type of run game that he did when they went to the Super Bowl, and he's he is in the same, I think he's better than Tyrod Taylor, don't get me wrong, but I think in the same kind of breath, you can say, that without a a halfway decent run game, that Jared Goff is hasn't really been the guy that's going to you know air it out and beat you with his arm. You know, without Todd Gurley playing to incredible levels, he Jared Goff was a pretty average quarterback. Yeah, this is one of those games where I really want them to be looking at at, at building up their their pass rush because this is a game where it really needs to be about getting to the quarterback. If you get to Goff and you can terrorize him, you're really going to swing things in your, your, your advantage. Like you'll have yep. things go your way. If you can get to the quarterback in this game. Their defense is, is, is pretty damn good. I mean, you still got Aaron Donald anchoring it there for, sure. for you. And again, they definitely, I mean, Gurley was there last year. And like you said, they didn't have the run game that they were used to. Mm-hmm. And he's not there at all. So, yep. you know, you've got Malcolm Brown and I think uh, former rookie last year, uh, uh, Henderson. So, again, unless they draft someone high, but, you know, let's say, for example, they draft either, you know, a DeAndre Swift or a J.K. Dobbins, like one of these top running backs that are going to be available. Yeah. You know, unless they're going to have someone like that that can come in and, and really – spark their offense and help golf out. Mm-hmm. My whole strategy would be get in that man's face, force him to, to make mistakes, force him to be erratic and, and, you know, just get happy feet and, you know, just hit him early and often. It, the first, I'm talking the first two quarters, you hit him yeah. early and often this way by halftime. When he comes back, you, you make him have something to think about every time he steps under center, make him get those happy feet, so to speak. So, yeah, absolutely. I got a W here for us. As long as they can, they can do that. And as long as, again, something doesn't change with the running game, because yeah, that's Goff is one of those quarterbacks. He he needs a running game in order for him to to really excel. Yeah, because he plays. He does. He plays so well off of the the play action, and that's I think what created a lot of the big plays for him two seasons ago was that that heavy play action that they did. And, uh, you know, obviously they still had the same receivers. They still had the same running back they, that they had last year, just that their run game was not anywhere close. And they relied, they seemingly relied a little bit more on the pass, especially after giving Goff that monster contract, which I don't know if he earned it, so to speak, but he did bring his team to the Super Bowl. Um, it, you know, it, without that run game, you've seen how, what type of quarterback he was. He's not a bad quarterback by any stretch. He's just not a, what, I think he signed a, what, $130 million contract or something like that. He's not a $130 million quarterback. 
So uh, at least not without that that heavy play action that they that they did run. And that's why I had the W in this game. It was a little bit harder for me because, you know, I think about the two seasons ago and how good they really were and that, you know, those memories kind of flood my mind a little bit when I'm thinking about doing a wins and losses type thing. But, you know, they just, to me, I think this is a, a win, especially at home, especially the fact that the Bills have most of, you know, still a really solid defense and and an improving offense, at least on paper, than last season, so I definitely have the Bills winning this game. Going to the next game, what do you think about the Seattle Seahawks? I've got this one as a loss, and that's, I mean, Russell Wilson. You know what I mean? And they've they've, they've got an explosive offense now, too. I mean, DK Metcalf came on. Um, They still have Tyler Lockett, who who was going to go out and make plays for them. I think the big thing with with them is they're going to be interesting to see what happens with the Seahawks running game. Yeah. They took Rashard Penny, who's at this point been a big disappointment for them. They do have Chris Carson, but they don't really have anybody that, you know, you would look at and say, Ooh, you know, we really, I mean, we got to look at everything here. We got to look at the passing game, the running game right now. They're just, they're the passing game. I mean, they signed Greg Olson. So now they have a very good veteran tight end to go along with their offense and yeah. a, a safety valve for Russell Wilson. For sure. Um, it's just, I mean, and again, this is a, a team with a very good reputation. They've, they've done very well over the last few years, and that's mostly because of Russell Wilson. So mm-hmm. right now I've got it as a loss until something else changes, something that I can look at and go, you know what? I think we might be able to do it. But yeah. right now I don't, I don't have anything that would – point me in that direction yeah I'm in the same boat as you you literally said it all when you said Russell Wilson that's (laughs) when you have Russell Wilson on your team you always have a very solid chance to win the game even though the Seattle's defense wasn't what we have come to know last season they were like bottom I think they were bottom 10 in the league in terms of total team defense but they were a top 10 offense last year and I think that that offense returns and, and with uh, Wilson at the helm, I think the Bills will really struggle to uh, stop the Seahawks and Russell Wilson. He's just such a, a good quarterback that um, it's just going to be one of those games where unless the defense shows up and shows up big time, um, you know, Wilson's going to going to carve them apart and, you know, hand the Bills another L. Yeah. Th- um this is going to be another one of those really interesting games to see. Um, and also it's another one of those when it happens in the schedule thing. I'm yep. let's say for sake of argument, both Seattle and ourselves are doing really well. And this is maybe mid to late season. Mm-hmm. This could be a primetime game. You know what I mean? This could yeah, be for one sure. of those games sure. where, you know, if, if our offense is really, you know, moving along nicely with, with the addition of Stefan Diggs, I mean, our, our our team now, especially thanks to last year, we we had a couple primetime games, and you know we showed out, showed up, and showed out. Yep. That you know some primetime games could be in the card, and this could be one of those games. I mean, you just you've got the young up and coming rookie quarterback with his shiny new toys and a mm-hmm. uh, stout defense going up against you know veteran quarterback Russell Wilson and the Seahawks, yeah. who again. 
you got that reputation and that pedigree, you know, Pete Carroll, they, they, they've had multiple Super Bowl runs over there. Mm-hmm. It's just, I mean, it's, it's, it's going to be a fun be a game. Really good game That's going to be another one of those measuring stick games where, depending on where it is in the season, could you know potentially swing your opinion as to what the Buffalo Bills really are. You know, hopefully heading into the playoffs, barring any unforeseen events. You know, it doesn't look like the Bills have a schedule here that's incredibly terrifying. You know, we we both of us have given them a number of wins, so. Hopefully, you know, we have the same type of success against the teams that we should beat in this upcoming year that we did last year, even though the Seahawks is an L. Um, what do you have the Pittsburgh Steelers? We have the Pittsburgh Steelers at home. Maybe it looks like a, a returning Ben Roethlisberger. Do you have that as a win, or is, do you still see the Bills? Or do you still see... Uh, ben Roethlisberger is a quarterback that the Bills are really going to struggle with, with uh, Juju Smith-Schuster and, and you know James Conner in the backfield. While the Steelers are better, obviously, with Roethlisberger under center, um, last year it was, again, primetime game. It was yep. an away game. We were in Pittsburgh, mm-hmm. and it was a very defensive-heavy game for, yep. for obviously all of us. Um, this, this for sure... Isn't going to be that game. No. To, again, if Roethlisberger is the quarterback, but mm-hmm. I don't know if this is a hot thing, but I think Roethlisberger is a shell of who he used to be, and I don't, I don't know that he isn't going the way of like Philip Rivers. Yeah, where I, I agree with that. Actually, I don't think that's a hot take. He could, be, he could be on a new. Yeah, he could be with a new team in twenty twenty one. Yeah, or looking at retirement. Just. I don't know, because Roethlisberger, again, big body quarterback, he's taken a lot of shots because he's taken a lot of, of risk, you know, mm-hmm. running the ball or standing in the pocket because he was big enough and strong enough to do so. But again, you know, ask anybody, ask Brett Favre, you know, any of these quarterbacks that have taken that kind of punishment over the years, it catches up to you. And I don't know that he's going to be the same type of quarterback that we've seen from years past. And, I think that it's just this is one of those changing of the guards for the AFC. Yeah. And it's another one of those blue collar type of, you know, that, again, one of those narratives that you'll hear from a lot of people, you know, those blue collar kind of games. The real, you've got the, the Steel City versus the Nickel City, you know. Yeah. It's just do you, hard-nosed football. Do you think it'll so, be another defensive game like it was last year? You know, Pittsburgh had a top-five defense last year in terms of um, points allowed per game. They allowed just 18.9 points per game last year. Do you think that kind of defense returns for the Steelers and the Bills kind of have to out-defense them kind of the way they did last year? Or do you think the Bills have enough offensive firepower that it's really you know not going to matter so much this year? if the defense, I don't want to say takes the night off, because obviously they can never take the night off, in my opinion, for yeah. the Bills to be successful. But, um, you know, to not have to play to such a an elite level, you know, I think they had, what, four interceptions and two fumbles or something like that last year against the Steelers? Or, like I said, do you think it's going to be a little bit more of the Bills being able to pull away with the amount of offensive talent that they've been able to not just uh, add but keep? in Buffalo. You know what? I think it's a good time to mention that. I don't know what everybody's thinking, but what I'm thinking is 
the defense, if they played as good as they did last year, and let's just say the, the needle for the defense doesn't really trend up, it just stays where it's at, then it's just all about the offense and them being better. And that's my expectation. I'm totally fine if the defense was as good as they were last year because a lot of the time the defense is what kept us in games and won us games. Um, that, that Pittsburgh game being one of those examples. Yeah. My expectation is for the offense to be leaps and bounds better than what they were. And part of that is the addition of Stephon Diggs. And any more weapons they, they look to add in free agency or the draft this upcoming month. So, and I, I, I would expect that that's their expectation as well. I, I fully expect them to focus more on their offense than their defense. I agree. Um, to add to add speed, that like they know their defense is good, and they know that they they didn't really lose anyone on defense. Their 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 core defense is really still there, yeah. and they're you know they, they they their plan is to still lock up some like Tre'Davious White to lock him up, you know probably by the year's end or whatever. Hopefully, just it's all about the offense. The offense needs to be better. It needs to be about taking pressure off of our defense to win us games and just. Like I said, if they just stay as good as they were last year and our offense trends upward, then that's going to make the difference. All right, so we're going to talk about the last the last three games we have in terms of home games that we're going to talk about. They're all in the AFC East. The Dolphins, the Patriots, the Jets. I have three W's right there. I said earlier we're going to sweep the Jets. I still I, I, I wholeheartedly believe we're going to sweep the Jets. I have a win against the Dolphins at home because, like I said, I just I think the Bills, it was just kind of a swing game for me earlier in terms of whether or not I thought the Dolphins had enough to beat the Bills. And I, I think that they squeak one out. I think they split and that the Dolphins can squeak one out at home. But I think the Bills just dominate the Dolphins uh, at New Era Field. And then again, the Patriots. The Bills came so close to beating the Patriots last year until at home until you know that unfortunate Cole co- you know you know Cole cocky incident so to speak you know where where Josh Allen gets absolutely slapped but um you know at home I, I see the Bills beating the Patriots there so it no matter what point of the season I don't think it really matters I think the Bills beat the Patriots at home so I have the the Bills winning the last 3 games in the the AFC East yeah, I got the same. Um, I basically have them running the AFC East based on my predictions. Um, they don't take a loss to any team. But like I said before, I mean, the team that would have me swing either way between a win or a loss is Miami right now. I'm Right now, given the state of the New York and New England franchises, I'm not overly concerned that we can't handle them. Um, but right now... I've, I've got them completely sweeping the entire division, and I don't. I honestly don't know if they've either ever done that before, or when the last time was that they've done that. So yeah, that's something I don't to believe look that into. In, in our lifetime, but I wouldn't be disappointed into seeing it now. No, that that would actually be a really cool thing to see the Buffalo Bills. Really, it, it's like the, the changing of the guard, kind of like you were saying before for the Buffalo Bills, and it seems like everyone kind of expects them to be the AFC East champions, and it's that's a lot of expectations for a team 
who in the last, what, 20 seasons has been to the playoffs two times. I know they've been to the playoffs two of the last three seasons, which is amazing. But I feel like that's a lot of expectations. You know, the the two years that the Bills went to the playoffs, there was, in my opinion, there was no expectations on the Buffalo Bills at all. And they really relished in that underdog role and really wanted to show everybody that they were a good team. Now everyone's saying they're a good team. How will they handle that type of pressure against everyone else, so to speak? You know, there's games that they should win. You know, there's the the... I don't want to say the trap games, you know, but the games that they should win, are they going to win those games? And are they going to beat a couple of teams that, you know, no one has them beating like they did last year, you know, with Dallas and things like that? Or, you know, do the expectations the for the first time in a very long time for this franchise kind of, you know, disappoint us? Yeah, there's definitely blood in the water um, right now in, in, our, in our division. And, I do think that right now everyone will strongly agree that if you're not looking at New England still as as top of the AFC East, then the clear-cut number two are the Bills. And it's just a matter of who you ask. You know, like you said, some people are looking at the team and going, you know, they're definitely a lot better than we thought they were going to be. They're heading in the right direction, and the expectations are higher. But there's those who are saying all of that, but also saying that they still really haven't shown us anything yet. Yeah. Like they still have a lot more to prove. And I wouldn't disagree. They definitely do have more to prove. And I'm sure, you know, Bean and, and McDermott would tell you the same. But, you know, I just, I, I feel more confident in this team now than I ever have before. And I would even go as far as say, you mentioned trap games. I mean, Who'd ever thought you'd be sitting here and I'd be telling you or you'd be telling me that maybe the New England games are those trap games. Oh my God. Yeah. That's... You know, maybe maybe they're looking at those New England games and going, Brady's not there, the defense is kind of depleted, you know, so on and so on and so forth. Yeah. You know, there's not a lot of weapons on the offensive side. You know, you can kind of go on a little bit. And you could be looking at it going, This is our chance, we could do it. And then all of a sudden, you know, Belichick is Belichick, he sneaks up on you and you know Comes you, up with you're a, getting swept by the Patriots rather yeah. than you sweeping that. Yeah, that would be a, a colossal disappointment. <laughs> As a Bills fan, mm-hmm. that would be horrible. After all these years, we've waited for Brady to either retire or leave. He finally does, and then we still get swept by the Patriots. That would be horrible. That would just be absolutely soul-crushing as a Buffalo Bills fan. Yeah, I'm actually, I'm, I, I wanted to ask you, because we, we've already covered the AFC East, okay. you know, with the away games. We don't really have too much that we need to discuss, you know, with our home games. But I, I wanted to pose this question because I think it's a fair one to ask because it, it's going to differ depending on everybody who's, who answers it. Okay. With, with Brady gone, do any victories against New England from here on out feel empty to you? Or would feel empty to you? That is a good question. I don't know if they'll feel empty. Oh, man, that's a really good question. You know, people are sure saying that, like, man, I just, I really wish that we could just beat Tom Brady when he's here and in New England and things like that. And you know what? As much as I would always want to beat Tom Brady, I am so incredibly glad that he's out of the AFC completely that. 
it gives me a, a sense of hope for the season that I haven't had. And not just hope that like the Bills are going to get into the wild card and you know sneak into the playoffs, but maybe the Bills win the AFC East and potentially have a home playoff game, something that we haven't had in ages in Buffalo. It's man, it's it's just an exciting time. I don't know if it like I said, I don't know if it feels empty. It's just a different level of excitement this season since Tom Brady's gone than it would have been if Tom Brady was here. You know what I mean? It's it's yeah. The way I've described it is, and I'm sure you can relate to this, is it's like you're you're a kid in your your backyard and you're shooting hoops mm-hmm. and you're just kind of hanging out, messing around, and your dad notices he comes out and he challenges you to a little one on one. And for years, he's always whipped your butt. And by the time you just started coming into your own, you hit you hit puberty, you get a little bigger, you get a little stronger, your jump shot's a little better, and you're finally confident you're you're ready to to take him on and beat him. And he goes, I'm old, I'm tired, I'm done. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that's almost exactly what it was like. Unfortunately, I never <laughs> I never really had a chance to beat my old man in a game of basketball. We, you know, speaking of that, we went outside and, you know, my dad would come home from work and he would always do that and come outside and see me playing basketball. And you know what? You said I after puberty, you know, you get a little bit bigger, you're stronger, you're faster. My dad still kicked my ass every single time. It's, it didn't matter. You know, it, right. that was, and, and, that was kind that's of, why I answered. It, it's like, do you feel like these would be empty because you never got the opportunity to actually beat them? You're like, and, and again, it's different, obviously, you know, you know, these are, we're talking about football teams versus people getting older and, and not being able to play anymore. You know what, though? We know that's... Brady's still alive. He didn't retire. He's still, you know, yeah. there, there could be I mean, dream scenario. The yeah. Buccaneers are the NFC representative in the Super Bowl. Oh, my and, God. And, and, the Bills, and the Bills beat them? Oh, my <laughs> God. That would be, that is, right. you're right. That so is a dream scenario. And that is something that. That would be the only scenario where, like, the dream scenario is we sweep the Patriots, we win the division, we we get to the Super Bowl, and the NFC representatives are Tom Brady and the Bucks, and we beat him on the grand stage. I could totally go, I get it, we never beat him when he was here in our division. Doesn't matter but at that point. We beat him on the biggest stage where he thrives the most. Yep. And it's our first Super Bowl win ever, and the first appearance that we've had in decades. Yeah. That would be that would be vindication beyond belief for me. I don't yeah. know how other Bills fans would feel. For me, that would be just the most vindication. And I, you're right; that is the dream scenario. I can't think of another scenario that would be better than that this season. Not just the Bills winning the Super Bowl, but beating Tom Brady in the Super Bowl. Oh man, just thinking about that it makes me smile and it gives me goosebumps because. I just I think about that, and those are the things as as a fan that you can fantasize about. That's what's fun about sports is you can come up with those those scenarios and things like that. And it's you know you can have your 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 heart set on those things until the season actually happens. And you know as much as I would like to crush, I, I want the Bills to win a Super Bowl. Period. But you know if we could beat Tom Brady in the Super Bowl, man, that's that's something else. Yeah. Mark, mark this date on your calendar if this happens the way we talk about it. <laughs> if anyone's listening, obviously this will not come out the night that we are recording this, 
but it is <laughs> April 4th. Uh, so I'm going to mark that down in the podcast itself so that if this does happen, you heard it right here first that we talked about the Buffalo Bills beating the Tampa Bay Buccaneers in the Super Bowl, beating Tom Brady and winning their first ever Super Bowl in franchise history. That would be something incredible for both of us um, to be able to to be the first, I don't want to say, you know, to be the first ones to talk about it, you know, because I haven't heard it anywhere else, but that would be just absolutely awesome. So that's going to do it for this episode of Sports Talk Buffalo. I would like to thank my good friend, Mark, for jumping on and joining me. I'm sure that we will hear more of him with the updated equipment that I was able to purchase, finally, to make this podcast a little bit more exciting. (laughs) Sorry, I have a really good time playing with those buttons. Um, (laughs) It's a... you know, it's been a pleasure sitting here talk to you. Like I said, you'll I'm I'm sure I will be asking you to jump on with me again. So I hope everyone had a fantastic time listening to me. Remember, if you want to if you enjoy what you're hearing, you can tell your friends and family to listen to me uh, uh Sports Talk Buffalo on Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Stitcher, Spotify, and right here on Anchor. You can follow me on Twitter at Sports Talk Buff One. That's Sports Talk, B-U-F-F-1, on Twitter. If you want to contact me directly, you can also email me at sportstalkbuffalo at yahoo.com, and I will answer every single email that I am ever sent. Also, I mean, in the future, I am also starting to think about potentially getting a contest going. So if people are interested in a contest for maybe some tickets to a Bills game, a Bulls game, a Sabres game, something like that, that is something that I have toyed around with a little bit. If you're interested, remember you can hit me up on Twitter, hit me up in an email. Once again, thank you guys for listening, and I hope you have a fantastic week.